Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Soul City Church, good morning. Good morning. Some of you have been to church before. You know that this is a conversation. Well done. Well done. Well, uh, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here, if we haven't met. And whether you are joining us online or whether you're in this room, whether you've been around here for 10 years, as some of you have, or whether this Sunday is your very first Sunday with us, whoever, wherever you are, I'm just really glad that you decided to join us. I'm really, really glad that you're here to, to worship with us and to hear things like Chisomo's story. You know, hers is one of just so many stories of transformation and faith that God is telling in and through and around this church. Maybe, maybe you would count yourself among them. Your story is one of those stories. Um, and you know, I, I was reflecting uh, when I when I hear stories like Chisomo's, I, I I've really come to believe that. A life with God is not only made up of these sort of big, astounding, you know, life-altering moments, but but more often than not, the spiritual life is actually a, a series of simple, small steps. Maybe this has been true for you. You know, along the way, you've taken significant steps, but small steps. A, a life of faith, essentially, is just a series of small yeses to God. That, it seems like that was true. That is true for Chisomo, and maybe that's true for you. What God does is he takes our small yeses, and he uses them often to do big things in our lives, to bring about big change and big transformation, both for us and the world around us. And today, I actually believe that for each and every person who is here, I believe that God has a next step that he wants you to take. God has a yes that he longs for you to give today. For some of you, it was coming to church this morning. Maybe this is your first time here, or maybe this is your first time back to church in a while. For others of you, as we're going to see in just a minute, your next step, you already know, your next step is to get baptized today. We are going to baptize some people in this place today, and we are going to celebrate. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. You better get ready. For others of you, your next step is something else, but, but I truly believe that this morning, every one of us has something, and God has something for every single one of us. And so I, I just want to start by simply reading the passage of scripture that I'm going to teach from before we kind of dive into the message portion. And so if you would, would you look under the seat in front of you or under your seat and go ahead and grab a Bible and turn it to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 is on page 784 in the Soul City Bible, for those of you keeping score at home. If you're worshiping at home, you can grab your own Bible, open up a tab, open it up to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. Today, we are going to look at a story that takes place early on in the ministry of Jesus. This story takes place just before Jesus is about to go out and begin teaching and healing and performing all those miracles. So, so right before Jesus kind of launches his ministry, he goes and he visits a religious man named John in the wilderness. And in Matthew chapter three, verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be, what's the next word? To be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. 
It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I, what? Whom I love. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So back in the summer of 2018, I was invited to speak at a church summer camp that took place in the Ozarks. The, the entire camp actually took place on the water. Me and about 100 high school students and leaders, we lived on houseboats for a week. That's right, no privacy. And for our worship sessions, we would tie the boats together and I would teach literally right off the back of the boat, just like in the Netflix series, Ozark. I'm not saying it's based off of my life because it's not because there were no drugs. There was, there was no money laundering at this church camp. I promise you that. But you know, one day at this camp, we, we took the boats over uh, to this little cove and we did some cliff diving. And these cliffs were about 30 or 40 feet high. And I am not really one for heights. So I very quickly grabbed onto the role of cheerleader. And so I went to the top of the cliffs and I'm kind of cheering on these students as they make their jumps. And at one point, one of the youngest girls on the trip, a girl named Riley, she comes up and Riley looks terrified. Like she is trembling and she kind of slowly makes her way to the edge of the cliff. And the second she looks over, Riley freezes and she turns white. And I know that this is my moment. So I step in, I kind of pull her off to the side. I try and encourage her while we let some of the other students go until it's just Riley and I left on top of the cliff. And so at this point, I'm giving her everything I got. I'm like, don't worry, it's totally safe. They wouldn't bring us up here if it wasn't safe. And it looks like a lot of fun. You can do it, I know you can do it. And Riley looks at me and she says four words, okay. You go first. <laughs> she called me out. And so now, of course, I'm terrified, but I don't want her to know that. And so I don't give myself too much time to think about it. I just take a few steps back and I take a running leap off this cliff. And let me tell you, I overdid it a little bit. <laughs> Because you are instructed when cliff diving to, to hit the water in sort of a pencil dive position. But because I ran off this cliff with such verve and excitement, I hit the water looking a bit more like a starfish. <laughs> and so I took a little bit of extra time underneath the surface because I didn't want these students hearing me curse. <laughs> and I kind of swam forward to sort of shake off the pain. And eventually, eventually I made my way back to the surface. And right as I break the surface of the water, I hear a splash about 20 feet behind me. And I hear the entire camp cheering, just going crazy. And I realize in that moment that before I could even come up from my dive, Riley had made the jump. She'd made that jump that she had been so, so terrified to make just a few seconds earlier. You know, there, there's a narrative in our culture that faith or to have faith requires you and I to abandon all reason. That, that to have faith means we need to abandon logic, even to a certain extent, we need to abandon our intelligence, 
Right? We, we often use phrases like leap of faith to describe this or childlike faith. And we think that in order to believe in God, in order to be a person of faith, you just got to take a blind leap. Like you can't think too much about it. Can't ask too many questions. You got to just believe and go. And to a certain extent, that may be true for some of us in certain parts of our stories. But, but oddly enough, if you look at the Bible, faith in the Bible often looks a lot more like Riley on that cliff in that it's not just this blind leap but we find the courage and we find the faith to take the leap because we know that someone else has gone before us. And that is part of who God is. That, that is central to God's character. Consistently, all throughout history, we see our God going before his people, showing his people a way. That's actually something that's pretty unique about the God of the Bible, and that this is not a God that just commands people to follow in his path or just tells people to blindly follow, but consistently we see that God actually walks that path first. I'm not kidding you. It's through this whole book. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 1, very beginning of everything, God creates the universe in six days. And on the seventh day, we learn that God what? On the seventh day, God, and God rested. And God didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because later on, he would invite all of humanity into that same rhythm, a rhythm of Sabbath, of work six days, and then rest one, rest in the presence and goodness of God. That is the rhythm that you and I were designed to live in but God went first. A little later on, when the Israelites, God's people, when they wandered lost in the wilderness for decades, the story tells us that God went before them. God goes first in a cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night in order to guide their way as they wandered. All throughout the scriptures, God, he would repeat that same promise through the prophets when he would speak to his people. He'd repeat the same promise. I will go before you. I will go ahead of you. My word will be a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. As you move forward, you're being led by a God who has gone before you. And when God came to this earth in the person of Jesus, Jesus surrounded himself with disciples. Now that word disciple, it simply means learner. And so part of a disciple's job was to follow around their rabbi or teacher and to do everything that that rabbi did. And so the gospels, they're just filled with story after story of Jesus going first and then his disciples following in his footsteps. And you should know that we, as followers and disciples of Jesus, thousands of years later, we follow in that tradition. We look at what God did and that informs and gives us faith to do what we do. In other words, faith is actually not a blind leap. But from the very beginning of time, we see that a life with God actually looks a little bit more like this. God goes first, then we go in faith. It's actually more how it works. God lays a path. God gives us an example. And then God calls us to follow him. Our God does not invite us into anything that he has not first gone into. And that's why in Genesis, God goes first into rest. He goes first into rest so that you and I can see that if the creator and sustainer of the universe can take a little time for rest and replenishment, then maybe I don't need to run myself ragged at my job like I think I need to. Or when you face a wilderness in your life, 
when you're just kind of feeling lost in your circumstances, when it feels like your life is just sort of wandering, you can have faith that God goes before you into those trials, just like he went before the Israelites. Or when we face hatred, when we come face to face with with bigotry or harmful insults, maybe in the comments section on the internet, we know that we actually don't have to respond to that the way the world would have us respond. The world would have us respond with retribution and revenge and an eye for an eye, but instead we can know that when it comes to hatred and persecution, we have a God who actually went first into that as well. And we can look at how Jesus dealt with the hatred that he faced and we can realize, hey, just because I've been wronged doesn't mean I have to turn around and go do wrong. God goes first, then we go in faith. God shows us a way. And ultimately that is true of this as well. That is true of baptism. Ultimately, this is exactly why we celebrate baptism. Not just because, as we just read, you know, in Matthew chapter three, Jesus went first into this as well. Jesus himself was baptized. And scholars point out that one of the reasons that Jesus had John baptize him was so that he could be an example of what you and I should do as his followers, that we should engage in this tradition, engage in this ritual, specifically after we've entered into a relationship with Jesus. But it's not just that. It actually goes much deeper than that because baptism is not, it's not just a ritual. It's not just a tradition, but baptism is a powerful symbol of death and resurrection. It's a reminder of the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is meant to define our entire lives and our eternity. Because I don't know if you know the story, but 2000 years ago, Jesus died. He gave his life by being murdered on a cross and he was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he was miraculously raised to new life. And when we get baptized, we are imitating that exact thing. When we get baptized, we're saying, just as Jesus went into the grave, when I go into those waters, I'm dying to sin. I'm dying to my old ways. I'm leaving my old life and my old identity behind. I'm dying to all of it. And I believe that just as Jesus rose again, when I come out of those waters, I'm believing that in him, I can also be raised. I can also have new life. I can be made new. I can be washed clean. God goes first, then we go in faith. That's what baptism is. It's a picture of faith in real time. Here's another way maybe of thinking about it that'll be helpful. This is a picture of my wife, Erin, and I on our wedding day. Look at those two crazy kids ready to conquer the world. Beautiful. And you know, when I, when I think about this day, when I think about the, the day we got married, it was a day filled with so many different emotions. Specifically for me, it was a day filled with a lot of anxiety. I'll be honest. I just remember I was so nervous on our wedding day about so many different things. I was nervous about all these details that we had worked out and poured over. I was nervous something was gonna go wrong. I was really nervous about the weather. As you can see, we got married in the summer and we did not have a good backup plan in case it rained, let me tell you. I was nervous that our guests wouldn't be able to find parking because we made the incredibly wise choice to get married on Lollapalooza weekend in the city of Chicago. Yes. I was nervous I was going to trip down the aisle or leave my fly unzipped the entire ceremony. I was nervous about so, so many different things. But do you want to know one thing I was not nervous about on our wedding day? 
Never once was I nervous about whether Aaron was going to say yes or not. Because we didn't do a love is blind style wedding. <laughs> we didn't do one of those weddings where you're kind of questioning if the other person is actually gonna say I do or not. That just wasn't our story. I was stressed about a lot of stuff that day, but one thing I was sure about, I walked into that ceremony at 100 that I was ready to marry Aaron. Why is that? Well, because our wedding day was not the first time I heard Aaron say, I love you to me. It was not the first time that she had told me that she was ready to marry me. We had said those things. We'd promised those things. We had committed those things to one another so many times before. And so on our wedding day, I was fully ready to commit to her because I knew she had already committed to me and vice versa. So was getting married to Aaron a leap of faith? Sure it was. What I'm saying is it's a lot easier to be all in with someone when you know they're already all in with you. It's a lot easier to give your life to someone when you know with full confidence they've already given their life to you. Do you see what I'm saying? And maybe you're someone, maybe you're someone who has wondered or questioned what God's feelings are toward you. Like, what's God's posture toward you? The layman question would be, does God like me? If you're a person who has ever kind of questioned or wondered or doubted how God feels about you, or maybe how God sees you or experiences you, I just want to read again a short section from Matthew 3 that we read before, and I want to highlight one little portion of it that I think will be illuminating to those of us who question how God sees us. It's in verse 16. We're gonna go back to verse 16. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Here it is, listen to this. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And right there, in just a few words, it sums up exactly how God saw Jesus, that's how God saw his son, with love. He was pleased with him. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, yeah, John, of course, that's Jesus. <laughs> of course, God feels that way about Jesus. Look at who he was. Look at all the amazing, incredible spiritual things Jesus did. Of course, God feels that way about him. And that's fair. But I also want you to remember that this story took place before Jesus did any of that. You remember earlier, this story, it takes place before Jesus taught a single lesson, before he developed any disciples, before he performed any miracles, before he died on the cross or rose from the grave, before he did anything that would make him the savior of the world, before Jesus did anything, God's heart, God's posture toward him was that is my child right there. I love him. I'm pleased with him right where he's at. And as God's children, that is God's heart towards you and me as well. Believe it or not, love has always been and will always be God's heart and posture toward you. No matter who you are, whether you are, you would consider yourself a pretty, you know, decorated or religious person, you know, maybe you've been around church for a while, you've done a lot of spiritual growth and development over the years, you really have felt our mission here that God has done a transforming work in your life. We honor that, we celebrate that. I also want you to know, before you did any of that transforming, God already loved you. 
Which also means that even if you sit in here and wonder and worry that you're the least spiritual person in the room, maybe you're not even sure what you think about all this stuff. You're kind of still questioning. You're still wrestling with it. You don't really know how you feel about God. I want you to know God knows exactly how he feels about you. Right where you're at, no matter what, you are already loved by God. It has been said like this before very, very well. Before you did anything, you were everything to God. If you only hear me say one thing today, hear me say this. Regardless of who you are, regardless of where you're from, regardless of what you've done or haven't done, God already loves you. God already delights in you. God already cherishes you. And that is why when we take a step of faith, whether it's baptism, whether it's saying yes to Jesus for the first time, whether it's anything else on the spiritual journey, that is why when we take a step of faith, we can say with confidence, God, I'm ready because God, you already. Here's what I mean. We can say with confidence, God, I'm ready to love you because you already love me. God, I'm ready to choose you because you've already chosen me. God, I'm ready to live this life of generosity because God, you have already been so good and so generous to me. Some of you here today need to say, God, I'm ready to forgive the person who's hurt me. I'm ready to forgive that person, not because they deserve it, but because God, you have already been so gracious. You have already forgiven me. And so I'm ready to forgive them. Maybe you've kind of been exploring faith for a while. You, you've been wrestling with the whole Jesus and faith and God thing. And you're wondering right now, you're wondering, is this something I really want to commit to? Is this something I really want to kind of give my life to? I want you to know that even in your questioning, even in your wrestling, God has already committed to you. God has always been committed to you. And so maybe today your next step is to say yes to the Jesus who has already said yes to you. Commit to the God who has been committed to you since before you were born to say, God, I'm ready. Jesus, I'm ready to give you my life because I believe you gave your life for me. Again, we talk about how the spiritual journey is just a series of yeses to God. And so if you're here this morning and you feel like you need to, or you are ready to say yes to Jesus, there is nothing that we would love more than for you to do that. And if you feel like this is maybe a time for you to say yes to Jesus, you're actually gonna get an opportunity to do that here in just one second. And if you do that, you should know that once you have said yes to Jesus, again, a series of small, significant steps, once you say yes to Jesus, the next most natural step is to declare that yes publicly through baptism. So if you say yes to Jesus today, maybe your next step is hot on its heels and you're gonna step into this. Others of you, you, you said that yes previously, before today, and you walked in here knowing that this baptism was your next step. We, we have a bunch of folks in here who have already pre-registered to be baptized today. We are so, so, so excited to celebrate that with you. But real quick, I also want to speak to those of you, those of you who are here and you didn't pre-register to be baptized. You didn't show up planning on getting baptized today. Maybe you've been considering baptism for a while. You've sort of been on the fence about it. You've kind of been going back and forth. Maybe you've sat in these services before and heard someone like me talk about this and you've been like, ah, maybe not yet, not yet. 
But today you sit in this service and you start to feel that nudge again. You you start to feel that little prompting in your heart as you hear about this God who goes before you, this God who already loves you, this God who is all in for you. And, And maybe you're kind of done making excuses. Right now, you're feeling that prompting that this is your next step to step into these waters today and declare, just like Chisomo did in her story, God, I'm ready to choose you because you've already chosen me. God, I'm ready to be all in for you because you have never not been all in for me from day one. Listen, if you've been around here at baptism services before, you know, you know that this happens every single time. There are people who show up not planning on getting baptized. God has a different plan. He does something in their heart during this service and spontaneously in the moment, they say yes by faith to what God is calling them to do. And maybe you're kind of wrestling with that because, because part of your story is that you were baptized previously. Like you were baptized as a baby or as an infant. And you're kind of wondering, just choosing to be baptized today, does that kind of disrespect or does that dishonor what what my parents or or my guardian did when I was younger? Our belief on that is that this does not disrespect that whatsoever. Whoever baptized you as an infant likely did so with the hope and intention that one day you would come to follow Jesus for yourself. And so by getting baptized today, we don't view that as a cancellation of that intention. We actually view it as a completion of the original intention and prayer that was spoken over you. Others of you are thinking way more logistically than that because you are planners like me. You're like, yeah, I I can't deny that I feel like this is something God is calling me to do, but I did not come prepared. Like, I don't have extra clothes. What about my hair? Listen, John, just out the pool, not my best look. I get it, me neither, me neither. But I I just wanna encourage you, do not worry about any of that stuff. Not because it's not important, but because our team, in the spirit of God, our team has gone before you in that they have already thought of all of that stuff. Listen, we have extra clothes in every size. We, we have extra towels. We have extra hair products of every single kind. I wish my bathroom and my closet were as well stocked as the Soul City bathrooms this morning. Listen, our team, they have thought of everything so that nothing can stand in the way of you being baptized today. Listen, don't let a registration get in the way of you responding to God. Don't let logistics get you caught up in not responding to God's leading. Maybe you didn't plan on doing this doesn't mean it's not God's plan for you today. And so in just one minute, I'm going to pray. And when I say amen at the end of that prayer, when I say amen, that is going to be your cue. If you're going to get baptized today, again, whether you pre-registered or God pre-registered you and you're just finding out about it. When I say amen, that is your cue to head out those back doors where you are going to be met by, by our baptism team. And they are going to lovingly and patiently and prayerfully and carefully walk you through every single step of this process. And so if you are in this room, I would love to invite you to stand if you would right now. Would you stand to your feet if you're able? And those of you who who know that, that today, right now, you're ready to say yes to Jesus. Remember when I promised earlier that you'd have an opportunity to do that? Well, this is it. This is that moment. And so as we pray, I want to invite anyone who has not said yes to Jesus 
Or maybe you've said yes before, you've kind of entered into that relationship with Jesus, but since then, maybe you felt your life drift a little bit. And so today you want to renew that by saying yes again. You wanna treat this as a bit of a homecoming for you. Regardless of, of what your story is, if you're ready to say yes to the Jesus who has already said yes to you, I, I just wanna invite you to pray this prayer along with me. And again, when I say amen, that is your cue. Those of you who are gonna get baptized to go out those back doors and we are gonna have a party together. That's right. All right, good. So for those of you, uh, Let's, let's, let's take this posture of prayer that we take all the time around here with our palms facing up. And this, this ultimately, this is a posture of surrender. This is a posture saying, God, whatever you have for me today, whatever next step, whatever yes you want me to say today, God, I'm open to it. I'm open to receive it and I'm open to move forward in it. And, and if you're here and you have not said yes to Jesus and you're ready to do so, you can just pray this prayer after me in your heart. You can just pray, Jesus, I say yes to you. I confess the times and seasons that I've turned away from you. Jesus, I love you. I'm ready to love you because you already love me. I'm ready to give you my life because I believe you already gave your life for me. Jesus, I say yes to you because you already said yes to me. And God, I thank you for each and every person that just prayed that prayer, that just said that yes that just found the faith within them to know that there's a God who has gone before them. And so they took that next step. God, thank you. And I pray for all of those who are going to take next steps, whether it's the physical next step of baptism that we are gonna see, or it's a next step in their own mind and heart that you're calling them to. And we in this room are never gonna see that. God, I pray for a spirit of faith in here. I pray that we would be encouraged by the truth that you are a God who has gone before us into all that you are calling us to. And so we know that we can walk by faith, even if we can't see it, even if we can't understand it, even if it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, we can say yes to you because you go before us and you prepare a way. Thank you, Jesus, that you went before us into the grave so that we could die to ourselves and leave our old ways behind. And thank you, Jesus, that you rose again and that the power of the resurrection lives inside of us, that we are new life people because of our lives in you. Thank you. And I pray now a special prayer over every single person who's going to be baptized today, God. God, we celebrate these stories. We celebrate the transformation that you are working in these people's lives. And anyone who is still on the fence, God, I pray right now that you would remove any obstacle, remove any spiritual obstacle, physical obstacle, emotional obstacle, God, so that nothing can stand in the way of us saying yes to you, responding to your faith with faith, God. We do that and we pray all of this in the beautiful and powerful and example setting and resurrected name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the cue. We talked about it. If you are getting baptized today, you can go now right out those back doors. Those of you in the balcony, you as well, head out those back doors. Come on downstairs. Don't let anything get in your way today. Go on. We are so excited to celebrate. If you know someone getting baptized, 
When they get into these tanks, come on down. We want you to circle around them. We want you to pray with them as we celebrate and we see transformation in public. Let's sing together and let's worship.